Hi, Jenna. Hi, Rhea. So we just had like a big long conversation. Yeah, kind of bounced off a, a strange, strange point to start, but I... I think I, that's the name of the game here. I think we're allowed to do that. That's kind of like why we started this whole podcast. Yeah, uh, it seemed like a fun road to, to, to take, and I'm glad we get to bring you all along with us. We jump all around with, you know, AI, chat GPT, uh, capitalism, communism, Ben Shapiro, Donald yeah. Trump, mind prisons. You got it all, folks. <laughs> yeah. You got to open up your mind, third eye chakra, all that stuff's going to get opened up in this mind-blowing conversation we had. Just be careful not to open it up too wide or everything might fall out. Don't worry, we can monetize that somehow. <laughs> sure we can get some medication to help put everything back together And funny birds do you know that like kiwis um do you know the deal with kiwis uh not the deal with them but i think they're adorable they're tiny little they're fluff balls. <laughs> uh so you know they're related to like radites they're like like moas uh emus ostriches cassowaries oh, okay uh, and those guys they all know known for their huge eggs i'm sure you've probably seen an ostrich yeah. egg in your time yeah i mean there's a lot of ostrich farms where i grew up so <laughs> they make huge eggs well radites all generally make huge eggs but kiwis they're radites that became very small so oh. there's kind of a, something a very fast process that happened for them apparently because they still lay giant fucking eggs. I was going to say, don't they lay eggs that are bigger than them? It like takes up their whole body. Yeah. It's just the skeleton is just full of an egg. It's all egg. <laughs> How the hell do you do that? <laughs> Poor bird. I that's feel like, so bad for it. Like, it's so wild. Actually, sorry, weird thought. Is it okay that I swear every now and then? Yeah, I think yeah, Dawkins, yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like... I don't know why I go back and forth. I swear a lot in like my day to day life, but like I, that's not good. I like I like get like fucking angry. I get little little <laughs> bits of anger here and there at stupid stuff that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just you know an expression of my underlying angst at the universe or whatever. But like it's uh it's not good. I don't like doing it. So actually, I try to not swear by saying like goofy little Flanders-isms. That's like, fair. You know, oh, gosh darn in a barn. <laughs> oh, that's weird with a beard. I mean, honestly, that's it's quite fun. I oh, I like, grew up swearing like crazy. Of course, the cops are after us. Well, yeah, after that. <laughs> not allowed. Free speech is under attack again. Yeah, by the cops of old people who's supposed to defend it or something. It's as if. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, we're not going to let them silence us. Speak your truth. Yeah, well, I mean, my truth mostly comes with a lot of swear words, if I'm honest. You're, you're allowed? You're allowed uh, to swear? Huh? I mean, yeah, heck, I do. So I, the end of that boring story was that I also save swears for when it really fucking matters. <laughs> Pretty reasonable. These days I'm trying to be a little more, I don't know, moderated in the amount of swear words I use, because it's, because otherwise I just, every fucking word would be just fuck, fuck this, fuck that. 
shit, etc. Oh, yeah. just... I mean, just, everything just becomes a whole frigoroni salad, you know? Yep. My mother used to swear like a sailor, and it rubbed off, unfortunately. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's something good about working out your frustrations. You gotta, you gotta have something. If you don't, you're gonna go stir crazy. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> This is going to sound really weird, but the thing I do really, when I'm really overly stressed, is I load up, I think it's um, Sniper Elite 2 or something. Set in World War II, I think it's in Italy or something. You're wandering through this city and you're just sniping Nazis. Oh, that sounds lovely. And what a great like, vacation. There's a mode where they just come in waves at you and you have to kill as many as possible before, you know, eventually giving up. And there's nothing more satisfying than slow bullet time as it rips through a Nazi's face nice. <laughs> or his testicles. It's just, I don't know, <laughs> weirdly cathartic when I'm really stressed. Otherwise, yeah, swearing is a great sort of off-led valve. <laughs> I can't wait for AI to make it so that it's really Hitler's and Goebbels' consciousness portrayed within each and every <laughs> Nazi soldier you shoot, so they're just endlessly tormented. That's an interesting thought, actually. <laughs> just, like, develop an AI specifically to mimic the thoughts and memories of Hitler so that we could put it into virtual purgatory and torture it. This seems like the setup for a terrible, like, this, that's not, this is not good but... technology to develop. This is not a good thing to do. Not a good mentality to have. I do not support this. No, but it is sort of an interesting thought. <laughs> it's like, do you want uh, AM? Do you want to have no mouth, but must scream? I was just thinking about that very story, which I haven't brought myself to read because it sounds too intense and the game sounds just as intense. Oh, but at least there's a happy ending to the game. Is there? Yeah, you can actually have a happy ending in the game. Oh, I thought it followed the the book fairly directly, which is like everybody nope. gets to kill each other except for the one person who's left stuck you can, in you can, purgatory. You can beat AM. Huh. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, and it's it's actually narrated by Harlan Ellison. He does like yeah. all the voices, and and so he plays AM at least. Hmm. Um, uh, so he gets to still hate everybody, even if there's a happy ending. <laughs> That's honestly kind of great that you can have a happy ending in that game because it seems so intense. Yeah, it's like, really hard to do rape scenes and stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure how they handled that. I, I watched a playthrough of it years ago, um, and I really don't... I just think they might have like either allude to it or um, cut it. Yeah, I think there's some... I'm trying to remember. I was watching somebody talk about the the scene in the game and it being just very intense, um, but I don't remember. Maybe it, it was just in that playthrough. They're like, yeah, we're not, we're not showing that. I mean, I can't, can't fault that, honestly. Yeah. Like don't want to be sharing stuff that's gonna get you kicked off whatever platform you're on this is like almost 10 years ago on youtube i don't don't remember how they were treating that stuff back then i mean it also brings up interesting questions around like how how this kind of stuff is moderated on platforms like and and what is kind of like reasonable versus not because i don't know like I think stories can be better for having graphic depictions of things that are horrendous and horrifying to people, but also that opens the floodgate for a lot of people to do it really badly and grossly. And I, so it's like, who do you want to read this? Who's supposed to read this story? 
Like yeah. if you're making a story about for trans people, it's like a story that is intended for trans people to read. Do you really think trans people want to see this kind of like say a graphic, violent murder of a trans woman or something like? Well, I mean, this is the thing is like I think there are some who would appreciate it being shown and dealing with the consequences of it in a very real way if it was handled well but if it's for cis people it becomes this uh objectification thing that like yeah but at the same time like okay we were for talking about these issues though we're handling these issues who needs to hear about these issues and it is cis people so how do we handle that I think the best ways I've seen that people have handled things like that in some of the better media that I've seen involves actually doing scenes that demonstrate the intent and danger and damage done by the real acts, but in something that is seemingly a lot more benign, but framed as kind of all of those things at once. So like having a scene where you don't have rape but you have like a rape implied which is set up with like the guy blocking the doorway and the camera showing him as taking up the majority of the doorway with the character the other character like framed behind so the other character is kind of like smaller you can only see it behind the guy's body and the way that they block things and speak and hold things so that it's very clear that they are holding them under complete control and power and that like to show that kind of dynamic and the fear and like the only facial expression you can read is the victims, things like that. Mm. It really like shows without showing, if that makes mm. any kind of sense. I think yeah. those are the best ways to do it given the current world we live in and the kind yeah. of people that are, you know, going to take advantage of like, I don't know, getting off on watching us being murdered on film. Well, um, as long as it isn't your AI consciousness, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, some of those Black Mirror episodes around, like, making copies of people's consciousnesses and then torturing them are just like, Ugh. Yeah, I know. I know Black Mirror is a joke at this point, but I that did haunt me, and it still does. And it's, like, low-key why I'm not comfortable with VR. Huh? It's like, it. I'm just like, no, I'm staying out of the digital world. It's, I, can't, I can't. I'm not going into the digital world. You're not. I like... I mean, that's fair enough. I, I think VR is, is a, a good few steps away from anything like that. I but, know, but like, I'm just like, I'm afraid of the, 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 the root of the lotus. I'm afraid of the opium of the masses, the, 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 the poppy of the people. I'm worried about this stuff. You know, I was just reading, or I was listening the other day, a podcast about uh, social media. They're just dissecting social media. They watched a documentary about it. Mm-hmm. And there's a quote or they're they're talking about um how it was just basically uh how it, it social media platforms facebook and twitter and all the like can typically track how their users like when they're depressed basically yeah. and then in real time update their uh their feed with the algorithm to show them more stuff to make them depressed to keep them in the app longer oh jesus that's but the thing That's is, fucked. so they were already, they've been doing that for a while, right? That's not that hard to do, but like yeah. they've got tools like, you know, you're seeing chat, chat GPT and like the AI writing programs that like can just write software on the fly. Like 
social media is already like this opium uh i mean it's fentanyl of the of the mind it's you know honestly i think it might be china's revenge for the opium wars on the west (laughs) infecting uh you know north america and europe and everywhere else with this like society destabilizing social media poison but that's all beside the point if they have a fucking robot pardon the swear but this warrants it they have a robot that can just be like Oh yeah, you're depressed. Well, I'm gonna rewrite a whole program to make you more depressed to keep you here and give us money. <laughs> like that's gonna melt people's brains, especially if that you know gets into VR or something like that. Like you know the metaverse in VR with the Chat GPT that rewrites the program to show you depressed stuff to keep you in the metaverse VR for longer. Like, oh no. <laughs> I mean. This is the interesting thing because it is it is terrifying to think about that. But also, I also know that a lot of the algorithms that do these kinds of things weren't specifically designed with that in mind. It's just sort of like an unintended side effect. Um, and you know, that's not exactly like okay, we're everything's fine. We could just carry on, no problem. Um, no, like it is it is still legitimately terrifying that companies can leverage this kind of behavior on on people without them even necessarily realizing it. Like we see this kind of social engineering all the time with the slowdown of cell phones from previous versions. We were speaking about that the other day, like just, you know, slow your phone down so you'll buy the latest fucking model, make you more depressed so that you'll keep interacting, pay us more and more fucking money to keep you in the system. But I, I do think that more and more people are like, I don't know, disengaging in certain ways from that. So I have hope. I have a lot of hope from how much response but, when I post art that's not drawn digitally gets. And yeah. I see a lot of really high-performing posts on like Instagram and places. It's like people drawing on paper. Yeah, People like it. They still respect it. It shows something that, that digital art can't anymore. Because it's, it's just a robot can do it now. Whatever. Honestly, most of the art that I see shown on like uh, the YouTube Shorts and other places is like physical art. There's far yeah. less digital art these days. I think a lot of digital artists have actively moved away from it because of the AI thing. And like, yeah, I, I think what we're going to see is like we'll start to see it come back, but with a different kind of energy. Um, yeah. You see TikToks of people doing their paintings, and that's your social media engagement that you get. Well, I mean, I'm seeing a lot of that. There's there's honestly, there's a really delightful guy that I, I quite like on the YouTube shorts that does these um, watercolor pictures, like paintings. They're all honestly beautiful. And he just is talking about what he's doing and like doing sets of videos as interactions with his audience. I mean, he's like a, I think he's in his 50s or 60s. Um, he just seems like a genuinely nice guy. Like, and I'm seeing more and more of that kind of like physical, physical media on there and less and less digital. The few digital pieces I see are often like clearly made by younger people who are trying to get attention online. Because um, like the, the video editing and the music choice is very like mimetic and a lot of the art is quite like it's really cool to see that they're doing this, but relatively immature. It's interesting that digital art is almost becoming now like baby's first art tool for a lot of kids. They get an iPad first. They're yeah. they're watching cartoons on there and it's hard to draw. It takes a long time to learn and it's a lot easier to draw digitally. 
yeah. frankly. I, I mean, it's weird at first if you're not used to it, but it is easier. I think the interesting thing is, like, once upon a time, it was way harder. But these days, with all the tablets and the ease of access to things that you can draw on as you're looking at the screen, have made it so much easier, so much more analogous to paper. But you have all the colors at your fingertips. You don't have to, like, find the correct marker that matches the colors. So I think for a lot of kids, it makes a lot of sense. And like, oh, well, I'm tired of this drawing. New. Like, voila, new paper. <laughs> yeah. Don't have to, like, tear half of a book apart to, like um to have stuff to draw on which i think is it's kind of cool i think it's yeah. a great starting place digital art's a very powerful tool for a lot of things and i remember way back in art school a classmate very vehemently arguing that uh digital art allows for more creative expression because of the total freedom you can just do something and get rid of it there's yeah. no mistakes because you can redo anything you can just just make a pen stroke as quickly and uh, intuitively as you feel like and it'll it won't matter because you can just undo it and do it again and just get it until you get it right yeah and you can just, just delete it throw it all away it doesn't matter save it for later and, d and almost infinitely it's yeah. really powerful that way i mean you know i i think we're gonna where i think ai the more i because i've been thinking about this so much like where i think ai art is really gonna go is doing things like taking people's art and turning them into like 3d objects i can't wait for those kinds of algorithms to come out that that kind of ai because that's going to be really powerful and like you know again it'll put another sector's jobs at risk but i don't think again it will take them away exactly because computer ai is just it's lacking that kernel of real creativity. It's just copying and pasting other people's. It's doing, like, digital collages. Oh, yeah, they're it's just fancy collages. It's very good at stitching them together, but they're, like... And you look at them, and they don't always make sense. Characters with third eyes, and, like, weird double eyes, or <laughs> one-and-a-bit mouths, and, like, just... Yeah, we pretty take, weird shit. We usually see the the highlights and the the hits, the top ten, and they yeah. often have a bit of human touch up too. Even yeah, I mean, like I was watching um, my partner spend hours just working on like making a few images, taking source images from her selfies, trying to get like a particular appearance. And she was at it for hours and hours, and came out with like three or four pictures that were sort of okay. Like, yeah, they were cool, but, like, part of what was cool about them was that they were kind of a little surreal. Now, I wonder what would have happened if that person, probably presumably had no art training, uh, tried to do very quick drawings for the same amount of time. Very quick, loose drawings. I mean... Like, what would they get? Like, because what happens usually, especially with beginners, is they... Uh, they try drawing the same drawing for hours and they're finagling at it forever. And like at a certain point you have to do those kinds of pieces. I do a lot of pieces I spend hours on, but like when you're still learning or you're still figuring something out, it's a waste of time. It's not going to help you. You're actually better off doing something kind of quickly. And like yeah. if you have no training whatsoever, maybe it's going to look like something. You, yeah. Maybe you can't make something that you'll be satisfied with, but I don't know. I just that's a lot of work for not a huge amount of payoff. Yeah. I mean, this is this is I think the thing. It's like it takes a lot of curation. 
It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort. It, it's not going to get rid of jobs, but it's just going to make them more fucking boring. And I think the, the big fear is, I think, with this writing, uh, writing content, like BuzzFeed laying off workers, their stock going up as a result of it, like... That that's but BuzzFeed already sucked. I don't even know anyone who actually read BuzzFeed. I think everybody just BuzzFeed just exists for clickhole yeah. and uh, clickhole to make fun of it and Babylon B to not realize that it's not a real website and that they copy it but conservative basically. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, this is this is where it's going to get interesting to me because like you, you know um, to look at like. I don't know, the cost versus benefit analysis of things. One of my favorite uh, little shorts that I came across recently on YouTube, funnily enough, was Matt Damon talking about the value of his autograph. Because he's built a rapport because he had a bet with somebody who got into the industry. I can't remember who he was saying it was, but the two of them got into acting and about the same level of popularity at about the same time. And they had a bet that they could basically make their autograph so worthless by signing literally everything that eventually they'd stop having scalpers come to them and bother them for more in like autographs huh um and he says he's now got it knit down to like about twenty dollars and like basically they'll have people who come to him with a stack of photos and as long as he's willing to sign them they'll just keep handing him photos and he says he'll just keep signing them carrying on until like he's gone through 100 200 fucking photos um, with the aim that he wants to get it down to about $8. $8 for a signature. It's just not going to be worth it for these guys to bother him for a signature at that point, because yeah. like it's not worth the effort anymore. And it's like, yeah, some people's signatures are worth like $5,000 a piece because they almost never sign. Um, but his is worth like 20 bucks, and he's steadily on a downward path to less and less <laughs> because... And I think, you know, this is the funny thing with ChatGPT. What we've already seen is that ChatGPT can pass the fucking bar. Yeah. Which is wild. <laughs> um, like, so well, law, going to law school is just memorizing laws. I mean, this is this is part of it. Like, it, but one of the other things that they've noticed is that ChatGPT is great at being confidently wrong. It's right about 90% of the time. But for the other 5 to 10%, it is confidently wrong. Um, which is huge, actually. Like a 5 to 10% like incorrect rate. Yeah, that'd be enough to pass the bar. But it, that's not enough when you're writing some important documentation or it's writing code that needs to do things. So you're going to have to have people checking that code. And it's also, you know, like with the whole BuzzFeed thing, BuzzFeed was already a, pro a problem. Like, these clickbait yeah. fucking articles are the goddamn worst. Everybody hates them. Nobody likes they're, them. They're, they're not a real articles. No one reads those. Time. Like, including the people writing them. They hated their jobs. Yeah, those are, like, good jobs to replace with AI, if they have to exist at all, which they shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I don't want to see people out of, like, out of house they, and home. They probably but... want to be out of that job, though. Yeah, like, like and, and what's capitalism doing? Well, it's making... It's found its co lowest common denominator, which is a badly written program that is confidently wrong 5 to 10% of the time. It only has to work long enough for the company to turn some kind of profit for shareholders. Yeah, but 
there's there's nowhere else to go and if the quality of articles gets even worse than it was which was pretty bad there is nobody who's going to be reading buzzfeed does anybody even read buzzfeed now like that's the death throes of a company dying it's like not a great success junk dna that just exists to reproduce itself Right? It's just like this this weird little offshoot, this little appendix in the body of humanity that just like endlessly reproduces like a tumor growing and it's just nothing and it doesn't do anything and it just exists to as to be a stock. It has a value that people can put money into and I don't know how they justify its existence beyond the fact that it makes content that ads are served on. Well, I mean, you know, in terms of like so we've already seen like algorithms take over certain spaces and spawn entire new like job opportunities and job things that like are entirely unnecessary without the foolishness of our current system. This feels like BuzzFeed is just putting itself into a corner where it is no longer necessary and it exists as a sort of shell, as you say, as a stock price to go up and down. But like um the fucking stock trading companies there are companies who have designed algorithms so that it posts things to different stock exchanges at different times with like different delays so that they all arrive at the same time across the markets because there are other companies that have made software that looks for trades from big companies and immediately buys or sells shares based on those trades on the other markets that it has faster access to so if somebody puts a buy order for 200 of these shares and there's 10 on this one and the other 190 are spread across several other ones, you might only get that first 10 at that price because other people have scalped what oh, you're yeah. doing to get ahead of you. Like, what a fucked market. There are companies that exist just to sell you tools to sell stocks and, and efficiently. humans like, aren't fuck? even making these decisions it's all just computer programs doing the vast majority of <clears throat> trades that are happening like there's huge bidding wars apparently over where you are on the fucking server stack and which stacks are closer to certain stock exchanges and they've like, had, like they've had whole yeah they've had whole like battles of creating closer and closer servers with faster cables and like have an edge in communication to trade faster like it <laughs> all of this which definitely serves human progress somehow like what a good <laughs> use of what a good use of all that copper or, or uh, fiber optic cable. What a good use of all the server. Act. That's that's all very important work that needs to be yeah. done. I'm sure. Gotta gotta trade those like fucking pretend percentages of different companies that you don't actually care about that much faster. Oh man! Imagine if people didn't have. The profit motive of a company just selling shares of things back and forth. Nothing would ever get done. Nobody would ever do anything. No work would get done. We wouldn't mine anything or, or make any food or, or make any art or music because people aren't continuously bidding on different companies in tiny portions of them <laughs> based on what they think those companies are buying other tiny portions of other companies. It's such a racket. It's it's just gambling for rich people with it's just our gambling. livelihoods. It's like, everything. It's just, yeah. They're just like okay, that thing's gonna be worth money. That thing's worth money. They're just and 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 I mean like the whole Reddit. Um, what was it? Hold the GameStop stocks or 
I think it was GameStop. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing. And then, like, all these companies getting bailouts and changing the rules and the stock markets, like, stopping people being able to trade and shit. It's just like, no, 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 no. Regular people aren't allowed to play the rich people gambling game. Only the rich get to gamble with everybody's future. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Like, such weird gatekeepers. Meanwhile, they're happily, like, been bouncing fucking um, cryptocurrencies up and down because there's no regulation. So they can just pump and dump. You know, all the same old schemes that they used to do with stocks that they've been sort of, like, quietly oh, yeah. stopped from. Well, like, they just, yeah, they, you just get a new thing. It's fucking open season you know, on cryptocurrency. You know, it's like when people, like, you know, there's, like, 2020, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, all the riots, all these overturned, you know, things happening with police departments. And, uh, you know, recently with the the terrible uh, murder of, uh, was it, Tyre Nichols? Um, Was that in um, Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee? And, and, you know, I think it was in 2020, it might have been 2021, that uh, Memphis, uh, you know, had a, a black woman as a police chief. And, like, yeah. you know, to a lot of, especially the more woke-minded people who are, like, you know, wanting these sorts of reforms for a lot of people, like, hey, that's great, awesome, right? Finally, a black woman in charge. But unfortunately, the way these things work is, you know, they're doing that to avoid changing anything substantially. They didn't, clearly, based on this horrifying, uh, you know, was it, I don't know, seven officers now, probably more, I'm guessing, involved so. in, like, this, like, absolutely horrendous and, and they you know this, this death squad you know the scorpion squad or whatever and like uh this clearly like this, this they didn't change anything and it was, yeah. it was they made the scorpion squad like basically as a result of like they said oh yeah we're going to improve policing in the community and name the freaking squad scorpion like <sighs> this if, if that shouldn't have tipped people off that they weren't actually changing anything so they need a change of face it's constantly it's just like you know uh democracy right america gets to be bad in the world stage because it has the janice face of two-party democracy where it switches between the angry ogre and the smiling nice ogre yeah and mm. you, you never know who you're actually facing and they get to pawn off any really egregious thing they do on whatever president they decide to do it to right Oh, and you like, oh no, it's not. It's not the country. It's not the empire. It's that guy. And yeah. So oh no no, it's not. You know the oh you're catching us for the stock problem uh, trade shenanigans are up to the the illegal buffoonery that we're doing. Uh, well, we'll um, we'll move over to this new thing. And you don't you know why don't you come down? We're not going to scam you there though. Yeah. We're not going to no, do. Definitely. We're not going to pull the football out from you this time, Charlie Brown. Come kick it. Yeah. Oh, it, it, I mean, the American democratic system is very uh, good cop, bad cop, but they're both cops. It's like, yeah, this is not a this is not a situation where you get to have a say in things. It's like, which flavor would you like the flavor that kicks you and beats you and swears at you? Or would you like the one that just quietly kicks you and beats you and says very nice things about you? Oh, yeah, they so <laughs> wish things could change. They're working on it. Yeah. They're tight. They're, they're they're working real hard to make everybody's lives better while doing as little as possible. The barest minimum to keep themselves in a job. Like, that's what it always feels like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and then, of course, they have different sides convinced that the other is the extreme or whatever. Like, oh, yeah. you're those extreme Democrats. It's like, <laughs> uh, no, not actually with them. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I am not a Democrat. I am not a liberal. I am so much farther left as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're not, they're, they're, they're left of where the right wing party is, but it's still right of center. Yeah. That's what they are. They're like, they're fiscally conservative. They are like, yeah. And Which... foreign policy is essentially the same. Yep. They're There's just the same keep amount of wars. people in the Middle East. Yeah. And wherever the hell else they decide to start picking fights, they're still oh, going to try to topple. They got their new like... forever war in Ukraine. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's, sometimes it's a little too depressing. <laughs> but, it's okay. Yeah. I, I think, like, you know, with the, the stock market and so forth, it's just. Oh, it's such a. It's such a waste of our time. It's such a waste of our lives. All for nothing. All for oh. just like patting rich people's pockets. Did we talk in any previous episodes about how most work is bullshit? I think we did. I think that was our first episode. Yeah, we did talk about it. Yeah, it was the first one. Okay. That's what I thought. It seems like an important thing to cover. Because yeah, most of it is. Yeah. Like most of what we're pushed to do by market forces doesn't make anybody's lives better. To go back to the BuzzFeed thing, like, you know, again, don't want to they they deserve to have a job they deserve to have money and food and stuff but if you're a writer you want a different job you you go yeah. write a short story or something like <laughs> just get on some fan fiction at least i don't know man yeah like i i, I want you to be paid for your work but buzzfeed really Do something creative <laughs> Yeah, just shitty clickbait articles, just... Ugh. Melting people's brains to sell ads. Yeah, I like we covered. I don't think anybody these days even really reads I, them. It's been a long time. I don't think anyone read them since, like, 2013, probably. Yeah. The number of articles, I don't know if it was BuzzFeed, but, like, even just the number of websites that are, like, we copied some stuff from other websites and put it together, and then somebody copied that, and then somebody copied the copy of the copy <laughs> it's like why did we need six of these articles yeah for listing some funny shit that happened on reddit once like, yeah <laughs> most useless Ugh. like tumblr collections like yeah. well you know because those uh same documentary that i was talking about earlier there's a quote to paraphrase uh how um under capitalism a tree is is worth more dead than alive uh yeah. within social media and our information market system we seem to be living in you are your mind is worth more in captured by the app being depressed doom scrolling than it is being out in the world living a happy productive life yeah they make more money off you being in there being sad or you know outraged pissed off at the liberals or whatever uh you know scared of of the transphobia i don't know like well happy safe comfortable people are less likely to purchase guns or medication to make themselves feel better or um distracting entertainment to keep the, their minds off the shit they're dealing with or the pick-me-up that keeps them going through the day with a cup of coffee like you're pushed into so much purchases to to like make yourself feel slightly better but not too much better because if you feel too much better, you stop buying their crap. Like, you know what? Happy people who have, like, the time to work through their shit and understand don't need as much of? Fucking uh, antidepressants. Like, 
yeah, they're helpful for some people who have like conditions where their brain doesn't produce the right chemicals in the right amounts. But like, there are a lot more people that suddenly have the inability to produce the right chemicals because they're living in circumstances that are like, no happy chemicals for you, fucker. You get to live in poverty and misery forever. Yeah, that's what you got. That's your cast you've been born into. <laughs> yeah, take take these drugs that meet out just how much of your happy drugs your brain can produce so that you don't burn them all up the next time you watch a cartoon. Like, <laughs> oof is yeah <laughs> thank I don't you know. fam. i don't know like, i don't like that <sighs> i mean i don't know at the same time i could use some of that happy juice maybe i <laughs> jeez i probably need these drugs i mean you know there are recreational drugs that'll just give you a nice happy dose <laughs> that's true like and you know of course they don't want to legalize those either. I start feeling like a conspiracy theorist, but like they often don't want to legalize those kinds of drugs because they're harder to control, they're harder to produce, and they work better than like the pharmaceutical ones where they can control the doses more carefully. They can get you more hooked on like the medicinal versions of um, of morphine because they can pretend that it's safer. Um, I don't. Like... I don't think it's a conspiracy theory to acknowledge that. A system that's kind of based around like a market selling things, it's not going to legalize something for the market to sell that isn't like controllable within that system. Like, they're not like, how do you how do you put like, you know, put through a patent? Like, the only way it will be marketed would be like if you put through like a patent and made like a product. So, and it's hard to do that on something that's say freely available or you know grows somewhere or you can make it easily in your bathtub um i think this is one of the interesting things with why weed is easier to get legalized because there's so many different strains and certain companies have started trying to um like copyright their claims like their 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 strains Mm -hmm. so that they're like well we own these strains so we're the only people who are allowed to sell them um, and then the government can tax it accordingly, and there's regulations that they can put in place. And, you have you to know. speak their language, otherwise yeah. you don't exist in the market. And that's what's so, I think, terrifying about these systems where I feel like they're becoming more and more powerful and more all-encompassing around us. Like, I'm scared of VR. I don't want a world that's controlled around me by others, and social media is creating that, and the market... Thinking of everything in terms of money and, uh, you know, the market forces and, and jobs. Like some people, all they value is like, you should do like the most, like in their minds, quote unquote, smart thing at any given moment. Which mean like most productive, get like a good job. You should make more money. Don't be an artist. That doesn't pay well enough. You should get, you know, good, you know, they'll say trades usually, I'm guessing. And I've got nothing against working in the trades. But, like, their thought process of everything is, like, like you know, often these are people who are, like, say, in the closet about being gay. And every single day they make the smart choice to be straight and not go against society by being gay. Like, they have that output. Everybody should just, all those damn LGBT should just be normal. Yeah. That's the smart thing to do. That's the better thing to do. That's... Like in their mind, like the most expedient, going with the grain, going with establishment, their conservative mindset is like that's the thing, and that's how they operate. I mean, 
I think the worst thing is like under the systems that we live in, they're not necessarily making a bad choice depending on how you look at things. But like, that's that's just they're they're looking at it through this very particular lens. Yeah. That only they only speak a certain language. It's like I think, you know, for a lot of people it's hard to to recognize that happiness is is not something that you can measure on paper easily. It's not something like being comfortable in your own skin isn't something that adds up on a fucking debts and credits sheet. Like it's just yeah. <laughs> I would pay every cent I had to be happy. Honestly, I kind of did. I called it quits on everything and it was worth every penny. I lost so many people in my life. I lost so many opportunities worth every cent, without a doubt. But it's hard to make that judgment call whenever our society is just like, money is the most important thing because money is comfort. Money is everything. But but it's it's your competence. Oh, you don't make enough money? You're not competent. You're a bad, inferior person. And you deserve to die, actually. You deserve to starve. Is you're not good enough. It's it think of this survival of the fittest mindset is like ingrained in a lot of people, and I think pretty much everyone to some degree. Yeah, and there's definitely these attitudes that somehow like being queer means you're no longer fit for society. Oh, you're not going to reproduce. Yeah, if you're not going to bone the person that's got the thing your thing fits in, then you're not going to make a baby. And why would you even have sex? Well, I mean, the thing fits in a lot of places. Let's be honest. As we've discovered no. from so many teenage males putting it in way too many places they shouldn't. <laughs> well, yeah, they do that too because that's fun. And but you have to—it's only fun because it's not allowed. <laughs> and they yeah. brutalize the people that do it by necessity, say. And they make the smart decision every day to be straight. But then at night they have their secret fun that they get to feel bad about. But and then think they're a good person because they go to church and feel bad about it, like. Yeah, remember, God said no nothing, and Jesus will be sad if you do. He, the like, guy made it like a, <laughs> how many trillion light year across galaxy? How many untold numbers of stars in the universe? How much time has passed on Earth where humans did not exist? And uh, he really cares about that. It really yeah, matters. He really cares about you specifically right now, whoever you are. Cranking one out. It's going to make him sad, specifically. Or like, you know, wearing clothes that make you feel good. Or, yeah. Or like, have an anatomy that makes you feel good in your body. No, nah, that's not... No, he's very upset and you are made to suffer. Because this is the most terrifying thing, this mindset that I think a lot of these people have is, oh yeah, they know that you're born with it. They know this is who you are. Yeah. You are supposed to suffer. You're supposed to suppress that. That's God's struggle that he's given you. It's, and it's up to you to resist sin. <laughs> it's like eat shit like uh, that's not okay to do man i thought he died for all the past and present and future sins of humanity yeah, that's hard to control like... that's hard to patent no yeah no no that's <laughs> free, too freely available no we are patenting this we own salvation we own truth we own you <laughs> you are going to be in our army you are going to work in our factory you will have babies we I... define who you are why, why is it that, you know, some dude from 2,000 fucking years ago's happiness is apparently more important than our own? Like, Yeah, I, you know, apparently I only get to be alive once. I don't know, maybe I'd like to have a nice time during that time. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you know, like if it was like there was a heaven and a hell, and I was going to heaven, I don't think I'd feel very good about it. Especially if it was like, oh yeah, but those other people that like never hurt anybody and never did anything bad in their life, yeah, they were happy in their marriage together, you know, and uh, so they're going to be in hell now, and they have to suffer. You know, it'd be like that's kind of I'm not okay with that. I don't think I can be in heaven and have a good time. Knowing that there's a bunch of people suffering, you know, like even, I don't know, even really bad people. I feel like after a certain amount of time, I'd be like, geez, they've been in there a long time. Infinity? Yeah. It's like, forever? It's a fucking long time to it's be tortured. Like, and like, I, can you cap out at a trillion? I don't know. Like, well, well, also, you know, we, we know that just short term torture of people causes all kinds of psychological problems and damage and makes people more likely to engage in things that are in our society considered negative behaviors you know like so what you're sentenced to a millennia of like infinite time being tortured making your brain worse like how is this a positive system i was just thinking about this the other day how fucked up it is the idea that like the demons in hell are souls that are sent there and they're tortured until they're demented and evil demons it's like dude you sent them there to be tortured and then you make them into bad people that want to torture people it's like this is all on you. What the fuck? You can't do that to people. What the fuck is wrong with you? Also, You're the, the psychopath. Like, also, if God has a plan, this is a really fucked up plan. Why are you torturing so much of humanity for no particular reason? Also, why? Why are there so many things that are just like bugs that crawl into people's skin to lay eggs and shit? Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> pain and suffering i don't know like we have a whole ecosystem that's about things killing and eating each other like that's really fucked up dude that you made that that's like yeah so it's in in original sin or whatever like again rules that you made you made these weirdo rules that result in people getting killed and stuff getting eaten like that i don't know when you're all powerful just saying not to be a you know 2010 atheist but like you could have done something different there yeah. You didn't have to make the most fucked up decision possible. <laughs> I mean, just as, as as a sort of like mental callback to earlier, like fucking if heaven is full of people that followed all the rules according to Christians today, I wouldn't want to fucking be in heaven with them, even if I oh, could no. get it. Yeah, I'm, like, I want to... Fuck that. I'll take hell. I'll take eternal torture I'll... over that shit, because that sounds like even worse torture to me, personally. I... Stick me with hot pokers. I'm good. I want a shirt <laughs> that says, I'm with Satan, and it's putting down. <laughs> that, that's pretty good. Yeah. Because again, hey, you get tortured until you like it. No big deal. Now yeah. we're into it. Now it's Hellraiser. <laughs> hey, you all live in Hellraiser, right? Yeah. You're honestly the Christians. You're telling me I either have to go to church forever or be in Hellraiser forever. I, those guys seem like they're having a good time. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, plus the hell is the one filled with all the people having kinky sex. Like, it, it sounds like a, a lot better. more fun. It does sound a little better, I have to say. It sucks at first, yeah. But then you get used to it. Yeah. Maybe. The thing is, I I, I do legitimately, this isn't even a riff. Like, I do legitimately think it would be better. 
Because getting used to it in heaven would be like your brain just like zoning out and you're just like, I no longer exist and I'm just here and I'm love. Like, it'd be like having a lobotomy. Yeah. It's not becoming demented through torture. It's having a lobotomy and you like, I like God. I love. I'm not, <laughs> I don't mean anything against any one of the speech impediment, but you're not all there, I'm thinking. You, you would have to, because they say things like this. They say, oh, you're your most perfect self. You're your, so they're just erasing parts of who you are now. Well, I mean, yeah, like there's so much of it that is just basic brainwashing techniques that are utilized over and over again. That's why you hear the same messages, and when you challenge them with any like credibility or any reasoned arguments, it just devolves into, well, you're evil, bad, and you're going to hell, fuck you, and and you're like, well. So do you actually understand what you're saying every time you're saying these mantras over and over again? Like, I don't think, like, I don't, I don't want to be a person who's stuck just saying mantras over and over again in heaven while my brain's just checked out. Like, but absolutely. That, like, that sounds like a nightmare. I, I dissociate uh, enough as it is. Well, you know, uh, the other thing, some, I was reminded by some post the other day about how in Jehovah's Witness, uh, one... They only think 144,000 people are going to heaven. And two, everybody else, there actually is no hell unless you're really, really bad. I think they I think they did make a caveat that if you're really, really bad, like Hitler level, then you do go to hell. But otherwise, you get oblivion. You just don't exist anymore. And so that actually sounds okay. If, if that was true, be like, okay, you guys can go live in church forever. I don't care. And I'm going to not exist. That sounds cool. Yeah. Also, isn't their religion like predicated on like, getting other people to believe it so what, yeah, what's yeah, the payoff well, for believing in that, that was the final point of the post was it's like okay so there's like eight point something million jehovah's witnesses and they don't even like they like like a good seven plus million of them are not going to uh statistically that also means that even if you were the best jehovah's witness that ever jehovah's witnessed um most of your friends and family are not going to make it alongside you you're yeah. going to just be along with the other most pious no. people ever? This is why it's so important to make your family pious, though. So your whole family goes to heaven together. You have to be so good, you're among the 144,000, so you all go to heaven together. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I I'm like, mm. like, it's this why they're so controlling of their families. It's like... That's... Oh, that's some nightmare shit. I... I, <laughs> I always did wonder about that, because, like, you know... It, I the the fucking like this is how many people get to be in heaven and like there are already so many more Jehovah's Witnesses than the number that supposedly gets let in. Like, do they like just why not are think you still converting people? It like, just feels like they <laughs> lowballed their own religion. Do they were they just like, yeah, it's not gonna catch on. We're lucky if we get like ten thousand tops. I don't know. Maybe we'll we'll shoot a little higher, like hundred thousand. Oh come on, come on, Jerry. <laughs> There's so many people. You can do like, more. <laughs> Believe in yourself. <laughs> okay. 144,000 will get a damn. <laughs> That's a lot. It's a lot of people, okay? It's a small town. Well, big town in this old timey, whenever this was. <laughs> That's wild, honestly. I can't believe, like, I don't know. Okay, like, look, I'm... I'm into the woo stuff these days. I'm a more religious person I've probably ever been in my life. I'm not an atheist anymore. I'd say I don't. I don't know. 
like it's like it's I don't know you spend a certain amount of time in that world and it's kind of like okay well especially how many of them like they just went off the deep end into like alt right or just yeah. all just all on full right wing like so yeah. many of the atheist crowd just became like huge bigots and transphobes anti feminists and I mean, like that's a whole weird algorithm that like um, kind of turned itself into something because the 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 atheist crowd, especially on YouTube, um, had a big thing for these, like, kind of takedown argument discussion videos where it was like, ah, watch the, watch the Christians not be able to answer these questions. Watch them be made to look like fools. And so it was a very small jump to go from that to watch these feminists, like, yeah. get owned in public. Because they see it as, as irrational. And wasn't there was like there was sex scandals at some atheist conference where it was like women complained about being sexually harassed yeah, and then not so being that, taken seriously as well. Like, and so that turned into part of it. It was like the own atheist gamergate kind of thing. Yep, because also a lot of the crowd that was super into it was um, like young, especially young white men who were somewhat disaffected because, like you know, especially being atheist. They felt very disconnected from American culture, which has this very strong, like, quite frankly, has a really strong Christian vibe to it from everything I've seen. Mm. Um, and, you know, I haven't lived there, but certainly it seems hard to avoid. North America in general has way more kind of like religion than I grew up being used to. Like, my really? I just imagine will... South America or South Africa would be, <laughs> would be religious more. Um, weirdly... No, certainly not in the circles that I was in. Huh. Like, there was definitely, like, I mean, I was baptized because my extended family is is Catholic, but... I wouldn't like, have expected my... Catholic. I guess, are they, are they like, the Catholic in the Netherlands? Uh, I don't think, though, they, they were, uh, they were Protestant in the Netherlands. That's interesting. So. Like... Because, I mean, a lot of my heritage is from the UK, and oh, there were a fair number of, like, they probably and, left, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. A lot of, uh, I mean, like, Ireland is still pretty Catholic, and there's a fair bit of Irish in my heritage, ah, so that's okay. where okay. part of it came from, and, um, yeah, so, like, a lot of the Roman Catholics um, in my extended family, but, funnily enough, in Cape Town, it's very just sort of, like, I don't know, alternative. Most of the other side of my extended family was kind of i don't know but we sort of called it as a bit of a joke woo woo um but honestly i, I, I think there's a lot of like for... hippies I yeah think there's a lot of hippies in south africa yeah big surfing hippie vibes in cape town in particular oh yeah um yeah. i think there's a fair bit of that in durban as well but i didn't live there very much either oh, no. but yeah like cape town has very big surfer <laughs> hippie vibes um, but yeah, not as, not as much like religion as I think a lot of people, especially in like North America are used to. Yeah. Um, huh. Well, you know, we, we, we kind of digressed from talking about atheism. I feel like we have to cap yeah. that off a bit because it was this assumption of we have objective truth on our side. We are scientific. Yeah. We apply the scientific method. We know what is true. And we're right about everything. These, these clowns we've, you know, shown, like you said, like, it's not a big jump from rabbis and mullahs to feminists and, you know, queer people with blue hair or whatever, right? Like, yeah. And, and they're, they're going off their, their nonsense, soft science, academic mumbo jumbo, not our hard science STEM field know-how about the real world and reality. And like, 
they worked really hard to establish a very clear like message of like, no, this is objective reality. This is scientific fact. And you have to adhere to our our reality that we're dictating to you. Yeah, I mean, like Ben Shapiro's whole style of like interviewing on college campuses was something that came out of the atheist um, side of YouTube, where they go and have like yeah. discussions on college campuses and what have you. Dave you Rubin. See... Yeah, like Dave Rubin. I I think he was quite big in that he, whole scene. Wasn't he, he almost got me way back then. It was like 2015, and he started his show, and that was around. I was a Sam Harris head, um. and. You know, I know Sam Harris had a lot of problems and I wasn't quite sure what to make of a lot of it. And he went on the Dave Rubin show to kind of like defend himself. And I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. The show he talked to Sam Harris, like Sam Harris, he came across kind of reasonable there and seems like it could could have good conversations here. Interesting. A new show where they're going to be talking to controversial (laughs) figures. Oh, like Sam Harris, who I like and generally respect. And I feel like he was kind of treated at the time somewhat unfairly, although in retrospect, I think with a lot of context, there's a lot of problematic things that i don't have to go into but at the time did not see say and so i thought oh okay maybe it's a raw deal what's this this regressive left are these people trying to pull people good honest people like (laughs) sam harris down and so you watch more and he has like you know people like milo yiannopoulos on or blair white i was like oh wait a minute this isn't this isn't a, a, a good thing. This is this is just fluff pieces. You're not challenging these people when they say egregious things. You're just nodding and agreeing and saying, why can't people be reasonable like you are? Like, yeah. And then it was, <laughs> agreeing it, with the psychopaths that are across from you being like, why can't people be reasonable like you, child murderer? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, a little bit of extermination, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we only want like the right amount, the correct amount of extermination. Yeah, you know, we just, we, we want to, was it, we want to protect the family values or, oh, what's that bloody 12 words thing that they all love quoting? And oh, yeah, secure the future for their children like, or whatever. Yeah, it was just like for the white, like the full thing has Isn't the white like 18 race. 18 words or something? Or something? It's, I Maybe know. it is. I don't know how many I, it is. But I remember the conservative campaign slogan was suspiciously similar. It was, it was what election was uh-huh. that? It was like 20... I think that was the most recent one. Yeah, whenever that was in Canada, it was like, oh, okay, you guys, did did you did you clear that one? Is that just, they... that was an intern? You're going to pass that off to some like young intern or... Uh, there's no way that wasn't intentional. It had to be. It had like, to be. I think they thought with the, the caravan and shit that had come through here that they'd get a lot of support for that somehow but it's like this place isn't america there isn't enough of that kind of support i think yeah i think hopefully it'll stay that way hopefully but uh what were we talking about before we jumped to that oh just like that that kind of like pathway oh yeah like well i remember getting like recommended like sargon of akkad and stuff after like the dave rubin stuff would pop up and like you'd be listening to it for a little bit just on the background while i'm like cleaning or whatever doing my nails and i'd be like what the fuck is this? Like, who is this asshole? Like, then just like talk blaming about whining about feminists or whatever and Muslims and like, should we turn this asshole off? What the fuck? But like, I could have very easily been like, hmm, Molly, very reasonable. I, you know, if I was in that mindset, say I was like a young yeah. man or if I was well, a certain like, kind of Sam Harris fan. I think like, you know, I, I've, I, at one point I had somebody recommending Ben Shapiro to me which was... You like science? <laughs> yeah. You should like facts and logic. 
Yeah, and I mean, he definitely really does his best to try and sell himself as facts and logic guy. But I remember watching a, a couple of the videos that were linked to me of these college campus takedown things where he had a debate with some students and like these students are asking a couple of questions that i'm like yeah that's asking the right sort of thing and he just talks over them and i'm like okay well you didn't actually answer their question you just called them an idiot and then moved on um so that's not really like you haven't answered the question and then i'm also like and also if i was there i would have asked the following like six questions and then i was like has he ever answered these things so i started looking it up he's like no he dodges that shit all the time yeah I was like, well, okay, that's a bit weird. He's... I watched a bit of Thunderfoot, for instance. Who oh, I know was God. Like, because I really liked one or two of his videos on, like, explaining why some of these bunk fucking, like, um, solar freaking roadways, for instance. Like, he has a good video pointing out all the dumb things about it that just don't function. It's like, it's a great idea in, in concept, but, like, there's no way we could make it functional or viable in the form that they were trying to do it. Um, and funnily enough, he has a good couple of videos on why the um, the Hyperloop is a dumb fucking idea, which I thought were quite interesting. But he also has so many videos about, like, dunking on, on feminists, and I'm like, I tried watching one or two back then, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is bullshit. You're just, like, being angry at women because they don't want to date you, it feels like, but, like... You don't want to outright come and say that, but, oh, there's so much of like, well, you know, oh, um, you don't really understand what you're talking about. I'm not going to explain how or why or factor with any of these details. You just don't know what you're talking about. Okay, bud. Cool. Um, Yeah, very informative. Very, you definitely, you told that person. But you're getting now into this, like, uh, it's this social media milk of the poppy. Uh, They're just feeding you what you want to hear to give you the dopamine. Oh, girls turn you down because you're a greasy loser that that talks about how irrational everybody is. And people don't appreciate your anime t-shirts and fedora. Well, don't worry. This nice man on the internet is going to tell you about why you're so rational for not liking these dumb girls. And they're dumb and, and irrational for not wanting to date you yeah like and, like they're and we're going to tell you everything you want to hear i was thinking because like uh ben shapiro is just like he's chat gpt in the terms of he just he just says bullshit confidently yeah he just says whatever and then if you're inclined to get the dopamine from him saying the statement you agree with you go yes see you'll clap well like i the funniest thing to me was him going on um british tv on like this conservative talk show with the one host who was interviewing him and he got upset because he thought the conservative host that was interviewing him with some very basic questions was trying to like lead him into being like saying something woke or something oh yeah uh, and then he just clearly had no idea who he was even talking to and yeah. couldn't even handle a small amount of criticism like it was well, he's just a failed screenwriter and he's pissed at Hollywood because he couldn't get his movies made. And so, but probably because he can't, one, he's terrible at writing, as clearly evidenced by everything he's ever written, but also uh, because he can't take even a small amount of criticism, apparently. Yeah, not to mention the fact that, like, you know, I just, I'm petty enough that I'm going to go there. He also apparently can't get his wife, turn his wife on at oh. all, because, you know. Well, I mean, look at him. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, it's not just, it's not body shaming. It's his, his, his awful little demeanor and his crappy little, like, his, he, and his little not, rat man. Like, physically, he's not the most unattractive, but, like, his entire aura. It's his personality. And the way he holds his face. Ugly and inside, speaks, ugly and, outside. Yeah, it just comes through. You just, oh. <laughs> it's a different kind of, like, it's like, it's the true ugliness of your ugly spirit comes through in how you physically express yourself. It's like that body with a different spirit, totally different. It would look yeah. like a nice, normal person, I'm sure. But he looks wicked because of his twisted soul. He's like a puppet. The <laughs> strings are all twisted up. I, I mean, he feels like a puppet animated of I hate and, I don't know, the potential of earning money from it. Oh, like And bitterness is just probably yeah. bitter at all the mean girls in school who wouldn't date him. Yeah. Well, and somehow found another bitter wife who will tolerate his existence. I, <laughs> I feel honestly pretty bad for her. I feel pretty bad for him, honestly. Just yeah, these people aren't happy. really sad existence. Because they've made their own hell. Yeah. They actually have. Talk about, like, torturing somebody until they like torture. Like, they've driven themselves into this rut of thinking everybody else is the asshole. They don't get that they are the asshole in every interaction they've ever had. And they push other people away because of their conservative ideology that leads them to not trust anybody. So they keep not trusting people and also thinking it's acceptable to either screw people over or dominate them when you have the opportunity to dominate them. And surprise, surprise, people don't like that. And they tend to not want to hang out with you or be your friend because you treat them like that. And you think, ah, everybody sucks. Everyone's, you know, you can only trust yourself. You can't rely on other people. Everyone, you just push everybody away and you, and you just reinforce with every interaction that everybody else is a danger. They're an enemy. They can't be trusted. Only you are rational and reasonable. And because you're the only one who agrees with all your right opinions, apparently. And you just, they just never, ever reflect on the fact that they are the problem. Well, it's just, it's fascinating to me to, to see people like Blair White, for instance, who seems to just, I, I don't know, some of the stuff she said where she had like an interview with Ben Shapiro where she was going like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be that bothered if you called me by like male pronouns. And I, you could see and hear that it clearly bothered her, but here she was just like oh, yeah. having to say, yeah, it's fine. You see, I, I saw clips of her going on shows and be like, she seems so unhappy. They'll like, be, God, do you, the girl. things they hear them say to her, like, there was this one time, it, it was like she was on a show with this panel, and this woman was like, the best thing you can do for the conservative movement is grow your mustache out and show young men how to properly live. Like, oh, they don't want you there. They don't appreciate you. They have no intention. I mean, today, uh, the, the day we're recording this is the day that Donald Trump has announced that he uh, is going to, in his pr- presidential campaign, uh no more trans people trans people are illegal it's basic Jesus Christ. like in so many words and i'm not this is not even hyperbole like it's like talking about getting federal agencies to just not acknowledge trans people in any capacity and like all kinds of wacky shit but apparently also like in the video he's just like really nonplussed about it he's just saying it because it's just what you have to say but the the wild thing about this is like this didn't even pan out for them like this yeah. didn't like the whole culture war thing is clearly not landing with anybody other than this certain indoctrinated base, but they're still going with it because that's all they have. Well, 
I mean, the depressing thing is that there has been a rise of voices around this. And I think that, you know, with Donald Trump's first presidency, we saw a huge spike in alt-right kind of everything, unfortunately. And I think, like, a lot of people were emboldened. And I think because a lot of people were emboldened, it suddenly got a lot louder. And that's definitely, I think, how most people have experienced the past few years. It's like since 2016, things have just gotten louder and louder. And like, we've definitely had some wins, but we've also had some pretty massive losses on like basic human rights for the queer people and trans people. Um, but we're seeing like, I think what they saw is they saw this like huge growth of people being more vocal and we're like ah we're, we're we're getting inroads we if we keep with this strategy it'll keep growing and we'll eventually eclipse everybody else but i think there are too many at least somewhat decent people but i'm also a little bit nervous about the states because like oh, yeah. you know we we saw this once before like and you know i'm not going to try and say this is exactly like the lead up to world war ii but there are parallels around like fascism that tie these things together the sort of like you know in group that's everywhere that's being controlled by this Ill global elite that's controlling the whole thing and they're somehow extremely weak and incapable but also too strong and we've got to like stamp them out and just all of these things that line up with this kind of fascism and people have been converted before so that's what that's what scares me about it the most. The main thing that gives us is a source of solace for me in that thought is just how soft the United States is as a country. Like yeah. the thing that allowed Hitler to rise was uh, the hardened base of uh, those World War One veterans that just did not give a crap about anything and wanted to enact revenge on behalf of their fear. And so with that level of like violence and, and like boots on the street and mass mobilization they were able to inflict, it was just like, um, you know, uh, that's how they were able to really make these things happen and, and seize power and all that. Whereas the United States, like, yeah. if the worst you're going to see is like, I don't know, I'm not convinced that it's going to be like not a big problem but i don't see it being like total fascism i see it being like a maybe a military coup that ends up taking you know over in the event of some kind of insurrection or trying to goad uh more liberal states into secession to break up the united states in some form i think yeah i think that's that is definitely something that the united states at the moment has a huge benefit is i think also the the people in american society who are suffering the most are minorities because it has kind of been running this kind of like i don't know pressure campaign for so long that puts so many minorities at a disadvantage in their society that like quite frankly yeah you know white disaffected white dudes are a fair there's a fair number of them and like yeah they're unhappy but quite frankly they don't really know what suffering is they like to play, I don't know, exclusion Olympics or, you know, we're being oppressed. Um, but the truth is the truth is that they aren't, you know, comparative level to a lot of the minorities that, that but, are there. But at the same time, they, chances are their lives are unfulfilling at the very least. Even yeah. if they have a lot of material comfort and stability, although many don't, they don't, there's no substance there. There's nothing for them to truly enjoy. 
Well, I think, you know, this is this is part of the thing is like, you know, things are getting worse for them. And that's what worries me about it, because like things are getting worse for everybody. Um, but I think there's enough of other groups within the United States. All of these minorities collectively together make up a fairly large chunk of the country enough that I don't think there would be enough to, for the angry white boys to take control if that makes sense and i, I know i'm saying very angry white boys but it because it's not just angry white boys uh, i don't want to like make it sound like that but it is they are a dem- demographic that is uniquely susceptible to that kind of propaganda you know that's why we see so many like white nationalists as neo-nazis as like there's so many crossovers between those groups where it's like they're basically sort of the same groups in most cases with, okay, there's the Venn diagram has a little bit extra in this category and a little bit extra there, but they're the same fucking people. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like it's terrifying, but silver lining is I don't, I don't think we're like near to that kind of breaking point. And I think there's enough stops that things wouldn't get too serious. Also, America's, not really ever fought a serious war on their own turf. No, they've not had a land engagement. I mean, they had, what, Spanish-American War with Mexico yeah. there. But, like, it's been a few generations. And they don't have a great track record lately, you got to say, with the whole war thing. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we were, I think, speaking about this the other day. There's so many troops of theirs that are just, like, deployed across the world. So much of their military tech deployed across the world. And so much of their army is made up of the impoverished and the um and and various minorities funnily enough because that's how their system pushes you it's like well you know if you want to succeed when you've come from a rough tough background where you've had grown up in poverty or what have you well here's an easy way to get a lot of um like a leg up join the military that's how their military recruitment goes like push minorities and and those suffering into that because they're a useful tool which makes it that much harder for them to like go back onto their home soil and i don't know inflict violence on people they know like yeah i i don't know i i'm not not convinced it's gonna go the same way not yet i'm i'm still hopeful i think you know there's a part of me that feels like the the whole trans thing like all they can do is push culture war and they tried yeah. the abortion thing, and they're thinking that's why they got punished in the primaries. But a lot of people take that to mean that, generally speaking, culture war just doesn't work at all. And I am inclined to agree. But they can't abandon culture war. That's yeah. all they have. So they have to do something. They're going to ditch abortion. For now, openly, they do still want to do a national abortion ban. But they're going to start with trans people, and that's what they're going to try and sell. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced it's going to go well for them. I think there's enough people that... They don't want anything to do with this psycho. If, if Donald Trump runs again, a lot of people are going to be like, hell no. There's a lot of people that are not happy with the Democrats, but like, I don't know. I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know. I didn't imagine George Bush getting reelected. But... I mean, I didn't imagine Donald Trump getting elected in the first place. Um, so I, I guess I'm, I have this fear that I don't want to, I don't know, ignore the, the, the lion at the gate, so to speak. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, up until today, I I mostly thought that I'd rather Donald Trump than, say, Ron DeSantis, because Ron DeSantis was like, it was his whole thing. At this point, Ron DeSantis just seems like a less charismatic Donald Trump, so I would be more inclined to hope that he gets the nomination because they're too afraid of Trump. Yeah. 
I, the one thing I will say is that at least this has kind of shown a, a massive divide amongst people. And like, I know with the, the BLM riots the, or the Black Lives Matter riots was something that, and this might sound a little bit uh, strange or harsh to say, but like drove a wedge between members of families over just like the treatment of each other what they were saying and the treatment of of black people in america like suddenly you had the the more progressive members of family going you know what fuck you enough is enough you i think you're a piece of shit like we don't get to have this discussion over thanksgiving i'm not gonna let you be this rude and it, it's been a ramping up of that to the point where it's like I keep seeing shorts and jokes about people just like ragging on their families for being pieces of shit or like, ah, what was the one where somebody, this, this lady had taken, um, basically let the FBI know that her aunt was part of the January 6th. Oh riots. yeah. She just handed them all of the information. Tons of people, yeah, turned in family members for that. Like, yeah. Or, or like, people on dating profiles and stuff. Like. Yeah. Like, and it's like, there is something kind of crazy about that. That seems, that's a little 1984-y. It's a little North Korea-y. The, all these things we're told we're supposed to be afraid of in other countries. I mean, I know we're talking about another country for us, but it might as well be the same country. It's right next door. They make everything that we are. We are just America's hat, America yeah. Jr. But like, the, these things that we're, they're supposed to be afraid of elsewhere, it, they do it at home. And you're yeah. cheering for it, too. And it's, like, kind of for, like, a good thing. We don't agree with these people. What they did was bad. But it also kind of feels like maybe the FBI did goad them a little bit into doing it with the purpose of stopping them to look good and to quell any feelings of, don't you know, do not do this, you're going to get arrested. Like, it's like, they, It this sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it is absolutely true that they need to allow a certain amount of something to happen for a case for them to get the full extent of charges they want to have, as well as, very conveniently, make their department look good. Yep. It's always funny to me when, when like, right-wing types talk about 1984, because it's like, well, I haven't, I haven't got through the whole book I have in in one sitting, but I've read it end to end through multiple. Mm. Um, and I've read like a number of things that discuss and like go over it and what have you. And it just it seems like it seems like a lot of the people that speak about it from the right wing perspective have no understanding of how that book is constructed. It's like it's also like Animal Farm, which I I know intimately because I've read it so many times. It's like people just misunderstand the what that book is and what it's trying to say like and it isn't uh, communism bad it, it really isn't but everybody seems convinced that the book is all about how communism is bad it's like no it's it's very specific about which communism like there's no question that napoleon is meant to be stalin like there's no like <laughs> it follows the the um like the rise and fall of the ussr almost directly um, to the point where it's absurd how like closely tied it is, and it actually because it was about... written long before it collapsed, right? This is like written in the forties, right? Uh, yeah, like and and it predicted the same kind of collapses effectively happened, even though it wasn't exactly at Stalin's hands. It was you know effectively like well, it was that... without him. It was because yeah. he didn't have him anymore. Yeah, 
He was the um, only one who was holding it together. But like it, it in the book, it even details the positives about like all of the animals coming together and working together, and the fact that like they let a small group take control, and that like that was the problem with it. And I think like you know it's a really interesting distinction to make. But with with the whole nineteen eighty four thing, you know, queer people are, you know, talk about like checking up on or monitoring or like reporting family members and stuff like that queer people are often just thrown out on their ear if they aren't sent to like rehabilitation camps where we get fucking conversion camps like what the fuck is that shit if that's not 1984 i don't know yeah right like uh, yeah okay so some progressives like threw their family under the bus for the January 6th thing. But, like, after their family had made it very clear, they were intent on throwing them under the bus. Yeah, you can't like, really equivocate the two things, but they, they've convinced themselves that conservative values are somehow, like, tied to this, and therefore it's okay. It's almost like God is on their side, right? God defines right and wrong. Yeah. And their pastor speaks for God, rather conveniently, for the pastor. And <laughs> he told them that these people are bad, apparently, even though I don't remember it really saying so in the Bible. I don't, do, you, yeah. do you remember talking about trans people in the Bible? I don't, I don't remember that. No. Never... I, in fact, you know, there's a lot of passages about Jesus being a, a, a friend to those cast out by society, specifically going and actively seeking them out to bring them into the fold and show them kindness and help them. And instead, modern Christians are like, no, 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 fuck them. We're not going to be nice to them. They're oh. the enemy. Well, this is modern Christianity is what the book of Revelations was about. I mean, <sighs> they say it's about Rome and the Roman Empire and, and that, and it is, but also like that was the starting point of modern Christianity. Modern Christianity now worships the beast it is. It worships itself only. It is convinced it is the arbiter of right and wrong. It speaks for God. It's completely yeah. detached from the core tenets of what that faith was like a very long time ago. And uh, I will not be lectured to by them about what is right and wrong because they're so clearly not even living by the principles of their own faith. Yeah. It's like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, anybody that would throw you out for being, being yourself, like offer you not only no support but actively try and like stop you from getting support actively try and make your life worse for being yourself i wouldn't feel bad throwing them under the bus as far as i'm concerned i'd report them to whoever because fuck it i know they'll do it to me first well here's our problem now in modern societies we have two intractable populations that are both completely firm in their convictions about reality effectively yeah. And they will never give any quarter and they do not trust anyone that is not encapsulated within how they view the world. And to a degree, rightfully so, I might say, at least in certain cases, I will not speak for the other side. Yeah. Um, but they they think it's very dire, certainly. And now, so now you've got these two user bases, these two customer bases, these voter bases, uh-huh. these two markets that can interact and then... You can have play them off against one another. You can have endless conflict. People talk about forever wars. Well, you can have a forever social conflict and have a forever Janus face of democracy that just keeps people shuffling back and forth and angry at one another and never angry at the person who's actually in charge of things. I mean, this is this is the other thing is like, you know, if we look at the who controls things, who who manages all of this, we see like Oftentimes we'll see billionaires who get caught, like, 
um, you know, get caught in, in air quotes, donating to both Democrats and Republicans, because basically at different times it suits them to promote both sides, but it also suits them to promote both sides at the same time, because the more conflict there is, the less people are looking at the billionaires going like, hey, why do you get to hold all of the money? Why, why do 10 people own half the world's fucking wealth? This doesn't make sense. But if you're too busy fighting the, the people who are like, well, we wear red and follow a fucking symbol of a elephant. and You wear blue and follow a symbol of a donkey. And now we hate each other. Like, <laughs> you know, like, as far as I'm concerned, fuck conservative values. I they, they're, they're, They are the bad guys. I'm sorry. They are the bad guys. Yeah. But we're willing to like pretty much everybody on the left is is all about fucking cooperation that's the whole founding principles of socialism is like we all fucking work together to make everybody's lives better as opposed to just like it's everyone for their fucking selves we're gonna stab everybody in the fucking back like i'm sorry i'll take the cooperative route that seems yeah. way nicer and if you're gonna stab me for that then fuck you i'll stab you first because the truth is it's like it's really complicated and hard and messy to work with other people like i'm somebody i'm very self-driven i've done almost everything by myself throughout my life and it's really hard to trust other people you get so used to doing everything yourself and and you you know what you're capable of for the most part and you know you won't really ever let yourself down or if you do let yourself down it's like kind of like you can predict it and it's within a story that you understand but other people, you're not in control of them. They might let you down and you're not going to be aware of how or when that'll happen. You don't control when they'll let you down. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to live in a simpler world where it's just you and nobody can hurt you. You don't have to have any feelings because maybe you were never taught to process your feelings. You never had, you never allowed to talk about your feelings or describe any kind of weakness because you always had to be on. You always had to be working. You always had to be productive, doing your best. And so... You just don't have the language to describe what you're feeling and you think it's not allowed even to express any kind of feelings outside of anger or maybe delight at somebody else's misfortune. And then you just live in this kind of sad little world where you're angry and you don't know why. And maybe they just keep taking more and more from you. Like they, things cost more money and you don't get paid as much compared to your life expenses. You can't move on in life. You're not getting paid more, even though you want to like buy a house, can't buy a house anymore, can't have kids. Maybe you're raised in such a way that you have certain values and it makes you repulsive to women because you don't think they're human beings. And surprise, surprise, women actually are human beings. And, and in society generally tells us that we can be human beings and people that don't treat us as human beings don't have to be tolerated. And you yeah. don't get that because you never were given language to talk about it. And so you, you just get angrier and angrier and you blame other people and you've got an endless sea of content telling you, no, you're right. You're good. You are the smartest and you work hard. Keep working hard. You'll get there soon. It's all these other people that are to blame. Well, it's like, I think when you've been, when you've been told every day of your life that you're, that personal responsibility is the most important thing and your value and your worth is based on your work ethic. And you've been told all these stories about how work ethic is somehow going to lift you out of um, a bad time and you just have to think right and work hard and you'll be happy. And then you're presented with the evidence in your life after doing as much of that as possible. Extremely hard in many cases. People will push really hard and 
you don't get recognition, you don't get happiness, you don't get satisfaction, you don't get comfort in your life. You're left with, like, everything kind of sucks a bit. And then there's these people going, no, 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 it's actually not your fault. You're, you're, you're good. It's, it's these other people. They've messed with the system. That, that's why you're not getting your benefit for working hard. It's because they've messed with the system. Look at these people. They're, they're at fault. Don't look at these other people that are far more objectively at fault. Just look <laughs> at these minorities because they're the ones that are coming well, here and stealing they, your jobs. They play or, into your preconceived notions that you were raised with of who's dangerous. Yeah. As well as, look, we're portraying them as lazy. We're portraying them as doing all the things that you've been doing your whole life. You've been playing by the rules your whole life. You've been working hard. You bust your ass. So where do they get off? Not, you know, working as hard as you. Where do they, they get help and you don't? Yeah. But you pull your own weight. It's why, like, benefits programs are always, like, one of the first things that conservatives target. Because they feel like it's people gaming the system, getting things that they don't deserve. Meanwhile, like, honestly... Being on benefits programs is often one of the hardest fucking jobs because you have to prove that you're going to interviews. You have to prove that you're making every effort and they still tend to deny your claim. You have to go and sit in a fucking office waiting to get your fucking claims every time for two, three hours at a time, along with having collected all this evidence that you've been going to interviews and you've been doing all the right fucking checkboxes that they keep adding more of. To the point where some people with disabilities can't prove they're disabled because it requires more a more able body than they have. Which is just like horrifying. That's a Kafka novel. Yeah. That's I mean, a, that's some nineteen eighty four shit there. That's like that's some wild non functioning society meant to torment you. Yep. And every time they, like, conservatives get power, they come for these systems because all they see when they look at these benefits programs is like, oh, these people aren't working as hard as I am. They don't deserve any money. Why should they be getting money for free? I was like, well, because society has dealt them a raw deal where they have nowhere to go under this system. Our system has fucked them over. They had no choice in this. They had no, like, options for this. How can you be angry at them? And not to mention, the more exploited you are and the tighter the squeezes around you, the more tired you're going to be, the harder you're going to perceive yourself to be working. You're going to be yeah. more resentful of other people because they clearly are not working as hard as you are working because you're so freaking tired. You're so taxed. You're getting squeezed all the time. Social media is squeezing money out of you. You look at it, drains your emotions for the algorithm. They're just putting the screws on you, hoping that you'll expand outwards and, you know, push all those other undesirables out of the way instead of upwards against them or whatever this analogy is. Yeah. I mean, social media adds that extra layer of, like, everyone on social media is portraying them their best selves in their best moments as much as they can because that's what often drives engagement. That's what often, like, you know, you want to put your best foot forward for everyone to see. And, like... You know, if you're a queer person, you also tend to be happier because you tend to be... I say tend to be happier. Tend to be happier with yourself. And well, you we're tend to living authentically. You, yeah. We're being free in a way that they're not allowed. And like, They've been playing by the rules their whole life. So a lot of them see, like, the kind of stuff that we create out of a place of more contentment with ourselves, more happiness with ourselves. And they see this as like, well, the only things they see are those happy moments. They don't see the difficulty that queer people have getting jobs, like keeping jobs. Like 
one of the scariest things as a trans person is coming out of your job because you're terrified that they're just going to find an excuse to fire you for the simple reason that you're trans. Yeah. Which is like, which like, yeah, we've got labor protections in Canada here where you're technically not allowed to fire somebody for being trans, but they don't have to say that. They just say, oh, you didn't mop the floor right. Yeah. You did. You did some minor thing wrong at work and we can fire you. Oh, you went to like 20 interviews and the moment they discovered you were trans, they stopped talking to you. But you can't quite prove that that's why they stopped talking to you. They just, the timing is is awfully convenient, but they're never going to admit to it. And pinning them down in any kind of court or anything is A, a waste of your time and money, and B, probably not going to succeed. So it's like, you're left in this sort of limbo where you have all these difficulties. So when we put stuff online, you're not seeing all of that. You're not seeing all of the stuff that like we have to deal with. You're just seeing the output of our happiness on these pl- platforms. And then, and then these guys get mad at that because they're like, how dare they get to be happy? How can they yeah. get to have a good time? They're fucking like gaming the system. They're on benefits. They're, they fucked up the natural order of things because they're not the fittest. Yeah, it's they like, should be <laughs> yeah adhering to my standards of how you should be living in order to deserve any kind of happiness because I'm adhering to my standards of my living and I don't have happiness. So clearly you're yeah. wrong somehow. Yeah, it's like I, I understand why that attitude can come from that place, but like, God, just just think about it some more. I they guess. they hate seeing us post selfies smiling because after a lifetime of not liking ourselves, we finally do, and we can post a selfie we actually like, and they've never taken a selfie they they liked of themselves once. Yeah, well, they. I mean, the number of guys who. I mean, this is this is an interesting aspect of like patriarchal society. Is like guys don't get um, positive attention from women in the street because it's fucking dangerous for women to do that. Because the moment a woman is like says something nice, you'll get guys who just won't leave her the fuck oh, alone. Yeah. I never smile at men because whenever I do, they make me regret it. Sometimes they won't. Odd time they won't, but they always do. Yeah, it's just like it's just not worth it. And then you smile more like, no, every time I do, you're going to make it weird. You're going to think I want you for some fucking reason. Well, it's because every other woman isn't because like it's dangerous to do so because of the few men that make it extremely dangerous. And now that layering has created a space where basically every man is constantly looking for that kind of attention. The moment they see it, they're like, oh, okay, she must really like me because yeah. every other woman doesn't do this. That's true. It creates a situation where, yeah, like this this meta, the meta is such that women don't smile. So if she does, she must be into you and not just like trying to be nice. Yeah, it's like I, I would far prefer to live into in, in a world where I could compliment a guy on the street and be like, hey, you look nice. And that's it. That's the interaction done. Yeah. He gets a nice compliment. I get to be like, yeah, he... Thanks, doll. I looked at a cute guy. Cool. Said, Yay. Like, like, yeah, right? We could be friends. There's no reason they can't just, like, have a nice time and, and, and say nice things. Like... Yeah. Like, you know, there's whole standards about how to compliment women without making it creepy. Like, don't make it about their body and stuff like that. But, like... Yeah. Again, like, we're not living in that meta. We're living in the meta where, uh, like, you can't treat them even slightly nice or they latch on to it. It's like, I'm reminded kind of of, like, how I remember in high school, uh, we were kind of a bunch of dorkuses. 
and but we were also like new karate so people didn't really mess with us even though we were dorks yeah. and so other real dorks like super dorks would come like try to hang out with us and be like okay fine come be protected i guess and like they would i would see this behavior play out so often where it's somebody who's kind of pushed away by society they're kind of an unpopular kid nerdy and they're like really mean and shitty a lot of the time because yeah. They don't understand when people are actually being nice to them and they don't, they're, they're seeking the approval of the people that are mean to them because they perceive them as cool, but those people will never give it to them because they perceive themselves as better than they are. So they're always mean to them and, and belittle them and make fun of them. And then they need to lash out at somebody. So they'll lash out at like people who are just, you know, trying to be friends maybe, or, or just like, you know, like just normal people, not bystanders. Yeah. But if you display a small amount of human kindness, they latch onto it. And yeah. and they're like, oh my God, we're best friends now. And it's like, no, I I just didn't want to treat you like garbage like everybody else treats you. But, and like, you know, then eventually they'll lash out at you and start displaying that nastier side. And it's like, okay, I kind of see why people are mean to you. I still don't want to be mean to you, but like, think i'm just gonna like not talk to you i guess because not smile on the street i guess like because yeah. apparently if i do i'm gonna I, regret it i get a fucking slightly strange limpet who has not quite understand the social cues around them and it's very awkward because they also push other people away um because and yeah i oh, it's I heartbreaking so, it, it is i i feel so terrible for people that are so lost in the that thing where they've like clearly not understood how their behavior affects the people around them. Like they can't seem to make that, that gap. And like, uh, a lot of people blame it on, on things like autism, but like every autistic person I know actually tends to understand social cues better than that. They just sometimes have a very different relationship to them. But like something about certain kinds of, of guys in particular that get very as it's not just guys but that is where i've seen it the most especially growing up because i was one of the weird kids um and like but i i'd like to think i was one of the weird kids who sort of understand understood how to interact with other people without being like a Are you that fringe Olympus? weird like i was one of the more better socially adjusted weird kids yeah. like i could talk to people most people generally kind of liked me or thought i was cool on some level but also i was clearly a weird dork yeah everybody thought i was kind of a bit weird and like i was very smart at certain things and i was a huge nerd so like mm -hmm. you know uh on top of that i was a kid who defended a lot of my friends from like bullying and yeah. physical altercations because i was huge and like knew how to throw my, throw my weight around um but yeah like i had a good few friends that were a bit like that and it, it used to be really awkward to have to have interactions with them and a lot of them it took a while for them to like really start to recognize what was going on it took a lot of i don't know positive interactions for them to finally start to like recognize what was more reasonable and what wasn't in social situations and I think one of them, like I was, I ended up being best friends with the guy for a, a good few years. He and I used to have long discussions and we were really close friends. Um, but like his first, his first instincts were to lie about everything to overinflate his ego. Mm. And like once he thought you liked him, he was just like attached to you like a limpet. 
would not let go, did not understand that it made other people un uncomfortable or awkward, just didn't have that kind of understanding. And one of the things that I noticed, especially in him and a lot of other people that I met like that, was, funnily enough, their dads were kind of pieces of shit. Mm. And their dads refused to give them any form of approval. Mm. And so the moment, like you started to give them any kind of like approval that you actually liked them as a person and you thought they were kind of cool, they attached to you real fucking fast because suddenly, hey, you know, somebody actually thinks I'm not the worst. But they they often get like this, uh, people in this, under those circumstances often get this kind of attachment to their parents, to their, their dad's approval. And then because they see their dad as cool, because this, you know, kids are sort of, program to see your dad as like your parents as being kind of cool like there are times where it, it wears off a degree but you always kind of want their approval and you think yeah, they're kind of awesome yeah. and, and like so the the kind of shitty kids the kids that are being shitty to them and like pushing them away they're constantly seeking approval for them because they're mimicking behavior that their dad has towards them so they're seeing them as being the people that they need to convince they're actually worth something as they try harder and harder and harder to to impress them without like recognizing that those people aren't going to be impressed you could do everything under the goddamn sun they don't care They're and you see torturing you for fun you say a whole bunch of these young men got seduced by ben shapiro and jordan peterson uh-huh well i mean jordan peterson is is a whole kettle of fish because he's <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he seems like a, a nice dad that tells you to go clean your room and that'll sort out your problems, right? Oh yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> well, I feel like we Joe Rogan did a bit today, but yeah. like I'm cool with it. Uh, I feel like we got a bit of a thread going. We got this sort of like, yeah. don't live in someone else's mind prison. Yeah, that's kind of a weird point to jump off from, but... That's sometimes where the best conversations come from. I'm that's like. that for me was where I was coming from with it. But uh, do you have any final thoughts? Anything? Well, I think we sort of like gotten quite the the winding road, but I'm pretty happy with most of what we've said. And like you know, I want to always finish off by saying we're not experts on anything. This is just like how we think about things and we're how just we piece things together. We're riffing and jiffing. Yeah, jiff. You know. <laughs> Sending those little animated guys. <laughs> I refuse to call them GIFs. I, I don't, actually. I just needed something like, that... Yeah. I could have said Giffen, I suppose. It's We're, we're Riffin and Griffins. We got <laughs> we got Griffins here, folks. <laughs> Griffin and Riffin? No, that sounds terrible. Uh, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah. Yo, check, check out the other pod episodes and whatever the page for this pod is. Go yeah. to lifeofbria.com for comics, Bria Comics, Life of Bria, all that stuff. Yeah, YouTubes and things. You know, there's links. And see you, see you next time. Bye. Bye.